What if every time you went out, you could cash in? Now with the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, like celebrating every year the crew gets older. Or when you and your crew are courtside during overtime. No matter your reason for going out, now you have four more. Introducing the new Saver Card from Capital One. Earn 4% on dining and 4% on entertainment. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One Bank, USANA. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Jean Sutton. And welcome to Roast Chestnuts, a podcast where we review some of our favourite and least favourite made-for-TV Christmas movies. Um, our guest today is the writer, Roshin Kybert. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Jean, tell us what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be talking about A Wish for Christmas, one of Hallmark Channel's movies from last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it stars Lacey Shabbard, who you would be familiar with as Gretchen from the classic teen movie Mean Girls who seems to star in a lot of these movies these days. She's she kind is. of the queen of them. Yeah and she seems happy with that situation mm-hmm. and you would be like your job is acting around Christmas trees. She just gets to have Christmas all day every day. Yeah. yeah. And sort of she always has that same expression that kind of smiling grateful full of the Christmas spirit expression and yeah. expertly curled hair as well. Very kind of tasteful 90s hair. These movies mm. love tasteful curls. Yeah. And people in like demure sweater ensembles. And yeah. like really nice aubergine co- coloured clothes. <laughs> it's almost like a pumpkin la- spice latte made into a film. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Plus every Christmas the films get repeated like five or six times. So she gets money for all of those. Yeah, Which is I would nice. call this the it's pumpkin in... spice industrial complex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. It's, it's, it keeps like Vancouver alive, I think. Pretty are much they all in made winter. in Vancouver? Oh, they are. All the actors are in every Vancouver movie. Yeah. yeah X-Files is made in Vancouver. Yeah. I believe. And Fringe yeah. as well. They're undoing all the cool credibility they got from the X-Files. I like to think of Vancouver as a place where people all wear Patagonia jackets <laughs> and like work as production crew. I think it's probably like Cork, I would say. Because <laughs> I went to Halifax in Canada. Yeah. And it's basically like Cork Galway. But it's like 300,000 people city. Hmm. They're all kind of the same city, I think. I'm actually surprised that Vancouver is so twee, if, if it is as twee as the Hallmark um, films present it. Because I'm listening to a podcast right now. Uh, last podcast on the left is doing a series on the uh, serial killer, uh, Robert Picton. Is his name? No, R- Richard Picton? I don't know, but he's like the pigsty killer. And he was operating in Vancouver and he was like abducting sex workers and murdering oh, them. Okay. And it just paints this very grim picture of the city as, as was, a drug city, you know, mm. as like I was poverty. living in Canada when his case came to the fore again because really? it led to a case about sex workers' rights. Yeah, because 39 women went missing and they weren't doing yeah. a thing. And every other city in Canada was, um, sorry, this is very grim and unchristmassy. And uh, Lacey Shabbert would literally start like... I don't know, having a conniption. She'd have a conniption in (laughs) front of us, like um, Gretchen Wiener style. But yeah, no, I I got a really grim picture of Vancouver. But then I've heard from other people, ironically, that like it's it's lovely. It's really cultural. It's really cool. And they always seem to bring back loads of weed. Yeah, they have like um, that, is it, weed day that people I'm such they a seem mom. to love their weed. I have no idea. They like it where you're having on the streets and I think the thing about Vancouver is that it's it's kind of a bit of everything. That's why it's in so many films and it's TV shows. Forests, it's got all the bits. It's got forest mountains. Shops. Yeah. And so. villages and stuff. Let's talk about the film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So And not serial killers. Well, either there could be a serial killer in this. We can theorize as we go along. I yes. think it would have added a lot of color to that film. I th- you know, <laughs> we're going to get to a character that I think he could realistically be a serial killer that could be his deep dark secret. We'll get to him though. All right. Um, Siri just activated when I said that. That was weird. <laughs> serial killer. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Siri Siri's yeah. watching over you. Siri wants to know about serial killers. Imagine be if Siri heard you talking about serial killers and assumed you were getting killed and called the guards because that happened with Alexa. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Alexa yeah. got a domestic abuser arrested because the woman was like, I'm going to call the police on you. I need to call the police on you or something. And Alexa picked up on it, which means Alexa's listening a lot of mm-hmm. the time. Um, so that's kind of cool. I think that's cool that Siri picked up on Siri. Yeah. Together. We could say it was because it sounds like Siri. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie is possibly a um, feminist story, you could say. Lacey mm. plays a Don Trot downtrodden worker in some kind of vague media marketing company. She's yeah. a junior web designer. And she has a really bitchy co-worker who's also her friend. And she makes her do all the little tasks, makes her get the coffee. And so the opening movie of the movie is Lacey Shepard coming in with four cups of coffee, but they're really obviously empty. Yeah. Because the oh, Gilmore girls expose that. this that yeah. when it wobbles a bit, like well, like just like just gravestones in in in, in uh, they're Ed, not real. She's yeah. manipulating it like it's like it, like it's empty, like it's too yeah. light. Like she's and not scared of spilling it. It's a vague attempt to sort of like lean her spine back and sort of look nervous, like it might fall over or something. But she also has Christmas gifts over one back over yeah, one. And she's wearing elbow. a yeah. scarf that contrasts with her red coat and stuff. I she's think. very coordinated, and she loves Christmas. Like she, she is nuts. And there's Christmas. nothing, no one ever questions her sanity at any point for her kind of clearly, really <laughs> strange, her like mania. lacking in some element of her childhood kind of love of Christmas. Yeah. Like it's really just, she's like the go-to girl for Christmas spirit in mm-hmm. the office. Like everyone's like just smiling and, and enabling her. Yeah. So she arrives into work and turns out that at the Christmas party that evening, her pitch, Christmas Tree Six Five. Which mm. doesn't all make much the sense. degrees of no. Christmas. They're going to take all the social media from all the companies and they're going to drive it all into a hub full of Christmas. So and then it will be Christmas spirit all year round. I don't know how it's going to work. No, it seems but, kind of And just while we're on this... <laughs> Christmas Nazi? Like, yeah. Well, I, it reminded me of uh, my days as a... I used to do like freelance social media marketing for tech companies. And the minute a client started using the word 365, I just wrote them off as a dum-dum. <laughs> like, I really did... like. People seem to always at some point in like the client journey discover that you could just stick 365 on something and it would sound vaguely techy and also like all encompassing and kind of hubristic. Like we are everything. Everywhere you look, we are. And then whatever you want to put like, uh, you know, what's a really boring software product? Oh, there's Office 365. Well, that's that's, they, they set yeah. the template, really. Yeah, they set the template. I love Microsoft. Um, <laughs> so she discovers that her plan has been stolen by Dirk. Which rhymes with jerk. Mm-hmm. Dirk the jerk. And yeah. he looks like a jerk. He does. So he's stolen her idea and the boss is like, Dirk's done a great job. And Lacey's face is like crushed. Yeah. And she's next to her best friend and the best friend is like, that's terrible, but let it go. And the best friend is wearing like a form-fitting knockoff bandage dress <laughs> in green, big... Cheap Hervé Léger. Yeah. And... Lacey is kind of wearing tasteful aubergine. As she I've looks said like a mother of the bride. Well, she's wearing like she's a matching pregnant. bolero jacket or something. Yeah, is she actually pregnant? pregnant during the making of this oh, movie, okay. apparently. Ah. According to an interview I read with the male star, who's the boss? Mm-hmm. Or is he the boss? I don't know. It's all vague. Yeah, no, he's the boss. He's the boss. But he's also yeah. making people work Christmas Day. So yeah. he has... And that's gleefully unquestioned as well. Yeah, that... yeah, like what marketing needs to be done on Christmas Day? Oh, yeah. there must always be marketing on <laughs> Christmas Day. You gotta have content ready for Christmas Day. You see, families get drunk together on Christmas Day and then they're vulnerable to buying things. Ah. And then you want to get away from your family and what I've, do you do? You buy things! I've done internet shopping on Christmas Day. I think I have too. Because really? the ASOS sale a few years ago was pretty good and they used to kick yeah. it off at Christmas Eve so you'd be there five o'clock on Christmas Eve. I do need a navy trench. <laughs> it's it's weird though. Christmas lends this weird dimension to things that otherwise you might do normally. Like I've, in the past, I, I have this really strange recurring memory. Like every Christmas I've done this, that like the guy, whoever it is I'm seeing at the time or like having some sort of in- casual fling with, it, there's this frisson of like, ooh, on Christmas, you're going to text him? Ooh. And then it like gets really seedy really quickly. And then like if you're shopping, you feel kind of guilty because you're shopping on Christmas and you should be just sitting in the warm glow of your Christmas tree with your family, as Lacey Shabert would say, or Shabert uh, would say. So everything takes on this kind of guilt and then you end up spending loads of money because you're like, well, I'm damned. My The golden Christmas spirit is not in my heart. Might as well buy things to make myself feel better. That was very sad, Roshi. Yeah, <laughs> it is. L- Lacey would not approve. So no, she's so chirpy. Then Lacey's like, 
sad, upset. She's going to leave the office Christmas party, which is very anti-Lacey because she loves Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into a Santa Claus and he's like, I have your present for you. And she's like, what? And he's she very pale. The, he's like a ghostly pale Santa Claus. But he like, disappears mm-hmm. after as well. And it's mm-hmm. a card and the card is like this animated voucher for 48 <laughs> hours of your wish. And the wish goes away after 48 hours. So she just goes, do you know what I really wish for? Courage. So Lacey starts giving no shits and she goes up, confronts Dirk, starts Mm -hmm. raising her voice, reveals Dirk as a liar. Makes a scene. Makes a scene, which Mm -hmm. she's not a make a scener. She's the get the coffee girl. Mm -hmm. And then the boss realises Lacey, it was Lacey's idea. And the next day she's trying to leave work. She's like, there's no future for me here. I'm going to be honest. They want to go somewhere where I'm appreciated. And he's like, you're appreciated here. Dirk is gone. You're coming to pitch with me in is it Seattle or Chicago? Seattle. Glamorous Seattle. Coming to Seattle to pitch and she's like yeah go get him but then she's worried she goes what if the what if the birthday or the Christmas wish runs out and then they go and they look down and the card has changed and it says your wish Mm. will expire now in 32 hours. Mm. That's a really good card from Deals I have to say. (laughs) I think it's a hologram. Yeah. It's really good. So a couple of things on that. First of all Santa's real in this film. Very important. And has a place at an office party. Yeah. He's like, why is he picked Santa's first? Santa's for everyone. Like, yeah. as you're getting drunk and doing regrettable things at your Christmas office party, Santa Claus is watching and making a list. Mm-hmm. He's checking you off. Yeah. Racking up your points, like the good place. Who gets the promotion? Also, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the love interest boss in this. He's got a lot of issues. But I do like the fact that he told one of the guys, who he's making to work Christmas Day, to take down his mistletoe hat. Mm. Which I was like, that's responsible bossing. Yeah. I suppose it is really, mm. isn't it? That's a man who's aware of codes of conduct. Mm-hmm. But I feel like within the film, it's framed as just him being a, being a, a, a Scrooge. Mm. But if he was my boss, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, the mistletoe guy's kind of creepy too. He's, yeah. he's a, it's hard to figure out what he is. Is he Peter's best friend? <laughs> it seems like they're friends he's at really the end. He's really excessively expressive. He's I, like, yeah. oh boy, oh shucks, no. <laughs> he's kind of like Morty in Rick and Morty. He's like, ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> But then whenever he's not talking, his face just shuts down completely. Yeah. That is the thing that happens in a lot of these movies. Yeah. It's kind of like they're robots who haven't been activated. Peter actually is always smiling at someone off camera. It's he his looks acting like style. he's like a, a, joke. Ch- a baby actor. He's like looking at their mommy. <laughs> so like a, a croissant being waved at him. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, okay. Just keep him away. <laughs> yeah. And Lacey, it's established early on, has a crush on the boss. Mm-hmm. She which he's dreamy. Yeah, which yeah. is something like, I never understand that in movies. Um, people fancying bosses. I just like, instinctively, like my parents told me when I was growing up, I wasn't to ever tell on people. Um, maybe that's something from the Civil War hanging over <laughs> us. But like, Wait, this idea this of fancying someone in authority, I'm just like, mm. no, why would you ever fancy oh, yeah. your boss? I think she yeah. sees in him a parallel with her own single-minded, maniacal obsession with Christmas in that as much as she loves Christmas and integrates it into literally everything to the point where it's 365 days a year, he hates Christmas and believes that by sheer single-mindedness and charm that he can somehow negate Christmas from like from reality and, and everyone in the office will accept this too and will join him in the office on Christmas Day. This is actually like, it reads like a fucking George Saunders story or something. Like, <laughs> it actually does. Like, Lacey Shabbert could be the, the hero. If she were like a middle-aged man, she would be in the George Saunders story and she would murder the boss. This is what I was thinking, like the wish for courage. Mm. I would be very scared of that. Because of yourself. I'd just be worried, like, what would I do if mm-hmm. I had no behavioural filter? Who would, would you tell to fuck off? Yes. That you haven't yet. Like, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> I'd just be worried, like, what act of violence would I commit? <laughs> so I would like just, you know. There's going to be a sequel with like Lacey goes edgelord and she like, you know, <laughs> gets a gun um, and terrible things happen. Um, she has this really interesting manner in the film where like she can pull anything off because she's never ever sincere with anyone and her workplace manner is the same as her dealing with like potential boyfriend's parents manner and dealing with best friend manner. It's all a little bit standoffish and very kind of laughing to diffuse the tension and she just, she'll say, and then like when she's unnaturally confident, she'll say the thing and then afterwards she'll just sort of laugh it off in that same manner where like, it's kind of nihilistic almost, like nothing is real to Lacey. But one, another positive in the film is when he offers her the new job and promotion mm. that he gives yeah. her a pay rise. Like straight away, there's yeah. no like, he's really good at giving her her benefits. Mm-hmm. So while he makes people work Christmas Day, 
he's actually a good boss in some ways. Yeah. But the Christmas Day thing, that's going to be resolved by the end because this is a Hallmark Christmas movie. Is it though? I feel like it's not. He brings in food for them. But he just makes... He, brings oh, in his he tells family. them that anyone can leave. If they have a family, they can leave. Yeah. Which but really if you're single and barren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This has happened to me. I don't know if this has happened to you guys, but I've worked in offices where people have literally used their children and their wives as leverage to make me work a weekend because they'll be like, my family needs me. And I'm like, dude... I need to get a family. You're married. <laughs> I'm alone. I can't, like, you make me stay in at the weekend to complete some fucking pitch. Um, like, it is actually like Lacey. It's a I pitch. I attended a really good, um, I'll just be upfront with this. <laughs> <laughs> I went along to the Fianna Fáil Women's Day event. I knew the organiser and Women's Day, I find a really stressful time where everyone's trying to outdo each other with mm. what they go to. Oh, I have tickets booked for this. Were you not invited to this event in the Abbey? Oh, like, did you did you really have the guest list for this Young Leaders thing? So I don't do International Women's Day anymore because um, I hate tokenistic corporate events. Mm. Um, mm. I really think they're a load of bullshit. And that's something in the past two or three years, like I'm really like, you will have to drag me to them. And I was at an event recently and there was, it was an unveiling of an artwork by a woman and everyone was like sitting around, that's great. But then the male owner of the company came out and all the girls working for the company got their phones out to get a picture of him on the stage. And I was just a bit like, oh, this is, this is utter BS. Mm. But anyway, I was at the Fianna Fáil Women's Day event and there was a panel at it and there was Awaken the Feminist Woman. There was a female TD, first time TD. And then there was a woman from a financial institution and she made a really good distinction where people would say to her when she got a job somewhere else, like, oh, that's a great place for mothers to work. And she's like, we need to start talking about workplaces as a great place for women to work and include all women in that. Because she's like, great place for mothers to work means your maternity leave is kind of okay and you're coming back to the job. She goes, but that can also mean that the other woman in the department is expected to take on your responsibilities. And she was just talking about how we need to respect the full spectrum of women in the workplace mm. as opposed to just mothers. Like we need to stop saying it's a good place for mothers. We need to say it's a good place for women. And that is a thing a lot of women I know are experience when their colleague goes on maternity leave, the company don't replace her. They just expect the women as a team to band together to keep that woman's job God. there mm. and stuff. And I think that's a conversation that we'll be having in a few years about yeah. companies needing to hire that must alter Short dynamics term. too when the woman returns from maternity leave because suddenly she owes everyone something. Well, I suppose none of us here have had a baby. So mm. yeah. we can't really know the details of what's something I'm hearing people talk about. And it's probably something as I get older and more conscious of. But yeah, I just thought what she said about a good place for women versus mothers to work was really interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. That is interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, so then they head off. Oh, to, wait, I had one more thing oh. on that. Um, how does Lacey not find out that Dirk's being fired until she gets downstairs? If that happened in my job, if someone got massively embarrassed at Christmas party and got oh, fired the next morning, yeah, everybody already, would know the next morning. She's kind of clocked out, hasn't she? But like, Molly would have told her, surely. Like, maybe she doesn't know yet. Maybe mm. he just quietly... But hasn't she had though. like a bit of a face-off with Molly? Yeah, oh, she, she has a little actually. bit, didn't she? But Molly's yeah. kind of okay with it because mm. it's Lacey asserting herself and Molly yeah. realises she has been a bit of a bitch. It's mm-hmm. really interesting how, yeah, they, they kind of have that conversation and remain friends mm. um, even though ultimately it's exposing how one has been using the other and then making a scene. I think though, like, I'm quite good if a friend confronts me like that because I'm very self-aware. Mm. So when someone says, oh, you did that to me, I'm always like, I did, mm. yes. <laughs> I thought I could get away with it <laughs> and I'm really sorry yeah. so, I took your pitch for Christmas now I've never done that Christmas mm. three dimensions mm. <laughs> all never, dimensions never taken someone's idea and actually that's a point about workplace politics that I think that those systems that we have at the moment that are in being introduced based like project management software where everyone sees everyone's email mm. can be super annoying and awful but it also prevents pitch stealing is that becoming a thing where everyone sees each other's emails? Um, well, you don't see your email, but you'll like the <coughs> messaging, internal messaging in the company. Like Slack? Kind of, I haven't used Slack, but other things like Teamwork and there's a few software options. Yeah, we have a new, we have a new Facebook company, one now. It? It's like Workplace at Facebook. Facebook careers. God, that, they yeah. took yeah. a while getting on that, didn't they? Yeah. Slack was such so a phenomenon. So it's like it's basically a private Facebook for your company. 
Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of listeners, um, it would be worth clarifying. Like personally, I've been freelance for three years. The last time I worked in an office was like five years ago. It's so, changed. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot about like that was interesting in that film. It was almost like a little window onto a whole culture that I just don't take part in anymore. I always find it must be really interesting for actors to play people working in mundane nine to five normal yeah. jobs. Yeah. 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 Like, how do they? like learn about that because like it's different when you're the wolf of Wall Street because you're just like <laughs> I'm just playing someone who does cocaine all the time <laughs> yeah. but like when you're playing someone in that like junior web designer role like how much prep do you do do you bother or do you actually look it up and well the office behaviour dynamic aligns so perfectly with the Hallmark movie dynamic I would imagine I mean I'm no expert on a Hallmark movie but um, I feel as though the sort of deadness and the mannered behaviour and even their portrayal of like love or attraction or non-sex, the pointed, they both go to their separate beds and smile up at the stars, in, <laughs> basking in the romance of not having premarital sex. Like, it all aligns so perfectly. Maybe the premarital sex is happening off screen, like 1930s and 40s movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe there's a bit of, do you ever see a Lady Eve? No. Oh, no, is That's that a, a charged movie. It's post would be post-Haze Code. Okay. charged movie with um, Henry Fonda, I think. And, um, oh, she's one of my favourites. Um, oh, she's in um, John Doe. Don't know Barbara it. Stanwyck. Okay. Ah, yeah. And she's like, but this is Barbara Stanwyck it. we're dealing with, who smolders on screen. I really, <laughs> I just don't think they were having any sex in A Wish for Christmas. No, like Lacey Chabert is no. a very attractive woman, but I don't think you could ever say that she smolders. No, there was no smoldering. Screen. And there yeah. was also this really wonderful line near the end where like it's established now that they're, sorry, I'm going to leap ahead a bit, but like that they are, the they, they are attracted to each other like and that something could happen. And then he's like, stay, stay at the party under the mistletoe with me or whatever. And she's like, I have to be home by eight. And then he says, can we push it a bit? Ten? And she was like, you're pushing your luck. Oh, do they end up scared at the end? I forget. They do, yeah, but they she's kiss. home by yeah, 10, yeah. like a teenager. <laughs> she's home by 10 with maybe her family. Maybe she's, after reading all about the circadian um, rhythms, and she's just really worried about not getting those eight hours. <laughs> like, maybe I'm increasingly late. Like, I'm increasingly like, can't talk to me after a certain hour. Oh, maybe she's doing like multi-phasic sleep. She's like, I have to get two hours at 10 o'clock. I'm and sorry. I'll be back. I just need <laughs> optimal energy to celebrate Christmas. I just have to keep celebrating Christmas. Um... Do you remember the scenes? So they're trying to get they they fly to Seattle to pitch to this really mean businessman on a weirdly empty plane two days before Christmas. Yes, <laughs> and actually, apparently, the main actor, his mother, is in the seat behind them. Thank huh. you, IMDb. How strange! Yeah, IMDb trivia. I'm pretty sure. So it really was a family production. They were what they were friendly. watched by their parents at every point. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to Seattle and they're chasing this businessman and he's not in his office. So then they go to like this um, town outside Seattle to try and get a meeting with him. And that is actually the boss. Stephen, is that his name? Peter? Peter. Yeah. The boss. That is his hometown, but Lacey doesn't realise this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And why isn't he spending Christmas in his hometown? Because he's a Scrooge. Yeah, he's got a (laughs) history. And she's Tiny Tim, which turns this into a really tawdry strangely pornographic parody of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I didn't see that. But <laughs> well, what exactly is it? I mean, he, he is a Scrooge. All he's, readings are valid. He's, no, <laughs> no, no, that, that, was, that went to a dark place. But um, I, we're there tiny, is, Tim. He's clearly a Scrooge, though. He is playing on the Scroogey archetype, but it's like we're meant to be attracted to our oppressor, Scrooge. Like the, this arch capitalist who demands that they... Or, or what is... Like, is he a startup bro? You know, I've what kind of... I've never been attracted to Scrooge. No. But but we're now like in Never. The, and this guy and I was just thinking he looks really like uh, that actor Patrick Dempsey doesn't he is that Patrick Dempsey he does not look like maybe Patrick it's not Patrick Dempsey. Dempsey it's one of those middle of the road kind of creepy I know smile I know who you're talking about. Patrick Dempsey yeah. is not middle of the road oh really oh I'm <laughs> sorry is. I don't even know he these guys well enough. but this guy is like a cheap version of all the middle of the road like crinkly sm- crinkly faced could be between 30 and 50 years old his mother looks the exact man. same age they all yes. look the same the scene with his parents yeah. they're all the same the only difference is like maybe one or two crow's feet but they all have the same crinkly smile and kind mm-hmm. of wholesome strapping could be any age presence but like in him what are we given you know we're given a boss we're given actually like a monstrous bo- boss who kind of is quite calm and like he doesn't shout and you know say that the poor should die to decrease the surplus population or something like but but he, he does believe that there should be work on Christmas and that you shouldn't see your family on Christmas and then we have the fanatic 
in the form of Lacey, believing that every day should be Christmas. Neither of which are balanced views of life. No. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so is the implication that they're going to have a child who knows when Christmas is and when work days are and that like everything will be restored to balance and that each will make peace with their parents as well and like what is going on in this film? I kind of hope they they don't marry and have kids. I'm worried now. But the only way they're going to have <laughs> sex is if they do marry. Yeah, and this if they marry, true. they'll and if they have sex, they'll they'll have kids. But also, how will Lacey cope with the husband-wife um, debate of where to spend Christmas? Like, they'll they'll have a wholesome family Christmas it. in the office. I've yes. There. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, when they arrive in the town, then they run into his sister. Is it his sister? It's his aunt. His aunt, and she brings. Yeah. He doesn't look anywhere any any older than he is. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. they go back to his family home, and his mom, who is the bloody same age as him is there and she's made she's like come in and he's like really uncomfortable he doesn't Mm. want to be here he wants to work on the pitch and Lacey's like I've got the pitch I've got a Christmas wish and they're fine he doesn't know about the wish though I think if he did he would be very scared yeah (laughs) Um, but magic exists what I don't know I, I think he's like equally strange oh he's very odd like he would just think it was her work strategy and that the Christmas wish was some like health self-help book that she had read about like advancing herself in the business world at Christmas. I have a confession to make. So you remember that book, The Secret? Yes. Mm. So I remember I was going through a um, tough time during the recession trying to find work. And one girl I knew who was lovely, but like was doing really well and was ticking every box. And she was like, Jean, you've got to try The Secret. So... I was poor, so I didn't buy the book. I didn't know how to torrent. Not that I do know how to torrent. That would be bad karma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like Googled the secret and I looked up the general gist of the secret and it was like, just believe whatever's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this next job. I'm going to get this next job. And for a week I was like, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I can see myself now spending that paycheck. Yeah, I'm going to have lunch in that canteen. Then I didn't get the job and I like kind of just as really as like the secret didn't work and obviously the secret didn't work. Mm. You should have bought the secret. I mean, this yeah. is actually the latent, uh, the latent radical subtext to A Wish for Christmas. The film could be construed as a film about chaos magic. Like, you know, you could call the card a kind of sigil that like is cast by Lacey or, or even maybe the Santa Claus himself is a sigil because when you cast a sigil, you should probably, when you charge it, like you should probably forget about it afterwards and that's when it will come true. So Santa just makes himself scarce, disappears and Lacey launches her sigil of wanting to be confident and who knows if it's, you know, real magic or if it's just intent or if it's a mixture of the two. But by the time it has been all accomplished, um, well, the, it's kind of ruined by the fact that Santa comes back later. But, but either way, intentions are everything and they'll get you every, everything Here's you want. Here's my theory. Santa's real target is Peter. Hmm. He weaponizes Lacey's love of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. To get Peter to love Christmas again. Because Lacey already loves Christmas. Yeah. And she has a nice life. She has a happy family. Peter well, doesn't. She's getting screwed over by jerks like Dirk. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's the other thing that needs to happen. Like, the, the jerks must be rooted out. Because not only does her, yeah, but not only does, does her courage get boosted, her emotional intelligence gets boosted as well in order to further her goal. Right. Because when she's talking to the father, that's not courage talking. That's her, like, intuiting what the real story is there, which is yeah. nothing to do with courage at all. Yeah. But they do still do the effect. Yeah, the sort the of diplomacy effect. that she has, yeah. it's that carrying over from like being good in a corporate environment and then being in a family environment in a home and she's still, and, and even at, at an airport desk or like, what is it, a car hire, car hire, mm-hmm. like she can negotiate everything. But all yeah. she really does is repeat people's names to them. It's true. <laughs> it's very and, effective. And smile. Yeah. And It'll work on me. Yeah. 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 It's funny, it is actually the afterlife of the mean girl of like Gretchen Wieners. Like Gretchen Wieners was, you know, meant to be like like all the plastics were meant to be shallow, superficially charming, very, you know, conventionally attractive looking, kind of hair flicking, always well turned out, clean, kind of put together, very deliberate in everything they did. And really, she's no different to that. Like she just uses that same kind of icy but pleasant manner to get everything she wants in life. And that that's why it's so funny in that scene finally when when we have the two of them alone, her and the boss, and like he kind of says, I really like being around you. It just feels good. It feels good being around you. And you're like, really? Really? What does she have to offer? What has she exactly but shown herself to I suppose the have? fact that like, so the reason um, the boss is uncomfortable at home 
this for listeners is him and his father are estranged because he chose not to go to law school and join the father's practice. He chose a career in media, which, to be honest, maybe the father's justified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. In this estrangement. Yeah. I mean, they do have to work on Christmas Day. So, yeah. Um, then Lacey kind of confronts the father and tells him to cop on, which is good. Like, she's been interfering, but she's also like it's going to have a good result so I don't really mind her I, at first I was like this isn't your battle mm-hmm. Lacey but they brought her into their home they yeah. brought it upon they themselves they gave her the psychotic cocoa which had like a doll in it <laughs> yeah did it they had like this snowman doll in it was a full snowman in it yeah. yeah I do remember the cocoa I didn't notice there was a little doll in it oh my it. god they are so creepy it might so like a decoration in the background but it was they're, actually in the cup yeah. yeah the cocoa looked insane like it looked yeah. really and, and health also, and safety guys that's what <laughs> peppermint sticks in the cocoa yeah is this how Americans do Christmas it is actually because I um, get notions when I go to Disney World and buy a five pack of flavored cocos for like Christmas ones, and they all are like nut side flavors like peppermint cocoa and stuff. Like I've always marvelled at the existence of eggnog. Like, I've yeah. never had eggnog. Don't know what eggnog is. I've Still tried I think a, a glug of someone's very alcoholic eggnog in a bar one time or something, but like I've never had eggnog with my family, Just and totally the whole thing agree. seems so excessive. Like mm. I know eggs are in cocktails and stuff, but like. I probably get a cocktail once a year. I just yeah. laugh at the eggy cocktails. No one wants yeah. them. I look yeah. at them on the menu and I'm like, <laughs> egg. Egg, <laughs> eggs belong in cakes. I used yeah. to work in an off license and we used to have like the cocktail mixers, like the you know, balls stuff. So you had like yeah. Crown de Mont and Crown de yeah. and stuff. And there's one called Advocat, yes. which is a Dutch egg-based liqueur. Egg liqueur. Which apparently is not the same as eggnog. Um, but we saw yeah. none of it. Nobody wants egg okay, liqueur can in I, Europe. Can I do a, t- a very brief story about Advocat? Of course. Um, so Advocat, every time you queue in Duns, you know the way when you, you join the queue in Duns, you have to kind of stand beside the alcohols. Mm-hmm. And me and my ex used to always laugh at the Advocat. Every time we'd be standing beside it, we'd be like, ah, egg liqueur. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of lunatic buys that to glug eggs? And then for Christmas, as a joke, I bought him a bottle of Advocat. And we shared we, we shared some Advocat shots and we mixed it into cocktails. It was actually kind of nice. It it tastes like custard, basically. It makes everything taste like Ugh. an ice cream float. <laughs> so you add it to Coca-Cola, it tastes like an ice cream float. And we watched that film about conspiracy theories in The Shining called Room 41-something. Oh, I yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's very good, though. And um, then just as we were pouring the avocat, it, we got to a scene where uh, one of the kind of odd coincidences is to do with avocat in the film The Shining, it appears. And like of all the times and all the like drinks... We just happened out of this joke, like this prolonged mm. joke to be drinking avocat as it appeared on the screen. Roisin, what do you think that meant? In a film about conspiracy, about coincidences and conspiracies, I think it means that I should move to a hotel in the mountains and uh, with a really big meat freezer and a skinny wife, a skinny wife and a little boy. And I should write my novel. And go mental. No, no, I'll be great. I'll be really successful. <laughs> just, take, just take the positive lessons from the shining. I'm going to be great. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a great novelist in the mountain. Um, then they have their meeting. So they mm. go to bed and they look at the stars, but they're in separate bedrooms. Yeah, oh, one very of the thing romantic. There, Peter's mother. Um, back at the party, Molly is wearing this like kind of um, aquamarine necklace and matching yes. earrings. Peter's mother is wearing the same earrings. They reused the earrings <laughs> for Peter's mother. <laughs> Mark, we gotcha, we gotcha, you cheap Maybe they're all in the same Stella and Dot trunk club. Can't you just imagine that, like, they all shop at the same place? Like, there's the wardrobe from Hallmark Films is all from that place. What's the one in Girls that Marnie wears, like, Ann Taylor Loft or something? No. They all shop there. They all shop there. I'm one of those people, like, I've looked up Ann Taylor online. Yeah. And I've been like, they are some sensible skirts. (laughs) Would Lacey wear them? They are some nice, like, nice, comfortable navy skirts and court shoes I bet there are lots yeah. of court shoes like I'm that person <laughs> so people when people like drag brands I'm as basic I'm just there like well hello yeah. I thought I could safely drag and Taylor Loft because we don't have it over here but... I know but I've looked it up loads okay. yeah I'm sorry like like I love Target it's, I went to Target the last time I was in the States yeah. and I like went mental to be fair I marvel at like supermarkets like big hypermarkets and, and American chain stores and even like things like CVS anytime I've been anywhere yeah. with those kind of shops I just spend hours walking around them just mm-hmm. like basking in the weird the kind of Don DeLillo so effect like, stuff in CVS I yeah. spent like half an hour just looking at the greeting card section in Target so <laughs> yeah. they have good cards here oh here is Hallmark Target. the same as the greeting card Hallmark Yes. I think, yeah, I think so, yeah. So they're literally traffickers of sentiment. Like, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's like... They're Christmas Tree 6-5. 
Talk about emotional <laughs> labor. They're holiday parasites. That's yeah. it's a film about them. Like that's what it is. The Christmas yeah. spirit all year mm. round. And their the sheer for, hell their, that it is. Their wish for Christmas is continued dominance of Christmas. Do you think really yeah. the people who work at Hallmark are like maniacally kind of rictus grinned, singing deck the halls like, like all year so. round? Except the one so. day of the year they have Valentine's Day. I think they bring each other mugs of hot chocolate and smile at each other warmly and then walk off to their desk to do things. I kind of yeah. feel like Valentine's yeah. Day is dying a death. Is it? It kind of is, isn't it? It, just, it doesn't seem to be a big thing. I'm always single. I, I One time, last Valentine, no, two Valentine's Days, ago I was dating someone on Valentine's Day and we celebrated by watching the film Falling Down <laughs> I do love Mike Douglas yeah it was very romantic but yeah I guess Although, it's, it's can kind you of like a... any actor now <laughs> they it's, may it's risky. be <laughs> gropers yeah. yeah but yeah Valentine's Day I guess is kind of a punchline but you can't knock Christmas Christmas is the like subject Valentine's of like Valentine's Day is like one day Christmas is like two months apparently mm. Donald Trump is already giving out about Christmas now Oh, he said they're going to make let people say Merry Christmas again. He started that already. He said it. Yeah. He said they're going to let people say Merry Christmas again. They'll take away your guns on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is when people got really angry about um, Starbucks changing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was kind of pointed throughout the Hallmark film that we watched that, like, they say Christmas. They don't even say... Or she makes some joke at one point when Dirk takes the pitch. She's like, you, you thought by ch- switching it to Holidays 365 that you could get away with it. And Dirk's it's like read the God delusion. He's he's yeah. a liberal. He's a liberal. Um, Christmas. It's Christmas with the Christ in it. Do you think it's just like a sleeper yeah. Christian? Yeah, but message. only in a very benign, hallmarky way. Yeah. Aren't they all? Well, yeah. <laughs> I suppose they totally are. Uh, I mean, they totally are. I haven't seen the others, but did you pick up on that from the others? They they all kind of share the same message. They're about reuniting nuclear families. The other ones. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So did we miss the snowball fight? We skipped over that, did we? Oh, her and her and the boss of yeah, they go for a walk because yep. snowball fight's very important part of all Hallmark films. Is there and always then, one? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, and someone's important. It's when the some one person the other toes towards the other person. They throw it's a snowball in the seven basic plots. Snowball. Fight. You always <laughs> when you're kind of you're surpassing the obstacle. So it's call to action, surpassing the obstacle. Snowball fight. Snowball fight. Yeah. Resolution. Resolution. Having grown and changed. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Beauty and the Beast uh, has a snowball. Snowball fight. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah, it's got a really good one. That is a good one. He belts her. Somebody <laughs> bleeds. She bleeds. <laughs> he pure on, like throws at Emma Watson's there like in her little fur trimmed coat. Having... Oh, the film version. Yeah. 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 You gave her a concussion. Yeah. And he like just throws her. And I genuinely like started howling. I went to see it twice in the cinema. I loved Beauty and the Beast because I love Josh Groban. And he did the Evermore song in it. But anyway. He is amazing. He is super talented. Mm. And I feel he doesn't get enough credit in Ireland. No, because he's so he funny as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the Beast picks up a snowball and he's got obviously hands the size of human heads. And snowball's huge and he just throws it at Emma Watson. <laughs> or no, what's her name? Yeah. Belle. Is it? Emma Watson. Is Emma Watson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he throws it at her and she's just like pure gets knocked over. And I just started laughing at control each time to cinema because it's like really comically funny in a Disney movie. <laughs> like to see like that kind of dumb and dumber mm. action. I haven't seen that film, but I've seen pretty much all of it four times from a transatlantic flight where you could see it on everybody's screens. Oh, so yeah. So I've seen it out of order with no sound. Did you like, absorb the ago. sentiment? I'm by pretty proxy? sure. I know Hugh McGregor looks weird in it. Hugh McGregor's in it. Well, Lu- he plays Lumiere. Uh, he plays Lumiere. He Lu- Lumiere. Lumiere is weird. I think. Yeah. Lumiere, like he's kind of campy, isn't he? Like he's a kind of yeah. Gay but icon. they give him like a full body, sort of face in proportion to the, the rest of the candle of body, McGregor. instead of a big yeah, face. The um, little objects that are mm. imbued with magic, like they're pretty real to life in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Not a fan of that. I. It's a. Lo- it's a lovely movie. And the new musical they're doing is. They're basing them off those characters instead of yeah. the cartoon characters. That's so, starting on the cruise ships soon, yeah. isn't it? Is it going to tour the world? It starts on the cruise ships. Yeah, they start on the cruise ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been on four Disney cruises. So What? Yeah, I love them. You have tales to tell. I, I did do. a tour of one recently oh, yeah, in did, Dublin. Yeah. Uh, to write about it. They don't even... Ex- Disney are just so decent. They don't even expect you to write about it. They just mm. want you to enjoy it. Yeah. Oh. There's none of this like, and what issue will this be? And there's just they're like, are you having a lovely time? Here's a DVD of Moana, like, (laughs) and you're just there like that tends to take care of things. You're there like having frites with your DVD, and I have like a Donald Duck teddy bear from it. Had a great time, but 
yeah, I enjoyed the snowball fight. Why yeah. haven't Hallmark got in on this game? Why don't they cruises. run cruise cruises for the elderly? Yeah, for it's Christmas. It's a Christmas boat that travels the world. a Christmas cruise movie. It's always TCM Christmas. TCM cruises. Oh, the classic really? movies. Yeah, where they bring like on all the old stars and directors and stuff to give oh. talks and show old movies on the cruise. But here, there I is something that. really yeah. sinister. Like of the there's kind of the, the era of like the waxwork. The, the Waxwork Museum about the Hallmark cast because at the end of A Wish for Christmas I was looking at like they, they started advertising another film on the stream that I was watching yeah. and uh, it was James King as like uh, in the Lacey role as like this girl who gets put together with some strange man and then they have to pretend to be a couple for Christmas um, and she's like last time I saw her was I think topless in the film Sin City so like somehow maybe she has converted and found God or something. But like, why would she end up in a Hallmark film? She's like absolutely beautiful. She looks almost exactly like Margot Robbie, and she's now in Hallmark films. I think, she I think we're from learning King, from that... my name is Earl. Is that Jamie King? Possibly. She was a model. She was a model in the nineties. Nabbed from them. Yeah. Really? So, well, do you think true. it's like the gallery of women who said no to Harvey Weinstein? And they, they I go to the good Christian folks. The good Christian producers of Hallmark will never. I saw, it's worth exploring. I saw a really yeah. good tweet about the whole um, scandal as it unfolded, just saying, like, can you think of the amount of really good movies and mm. actors yeah. and producers we haven't seen as That's a result the of this? Part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely Mira Sorvino probably should have been in more things. Mm. Kate Beckinsale should be, should be more famous Kate than she Beckinsale is. Kate Beckinsale is. So she turned him down. Amazing actress. Yeah, when she was 17. She, yeah. she was so young. Yeah. I really like her. A and lot. you know what? Like her father in England was um, a really well respected. He was Robert Beckinsale, who's in Porridge, the TV show oh, Porridge, yeah. one yeah. of my favorite sitcoms. He mm. played the young guy in Porridge, and he died young of a heart attack or something. Oh, like that. that Robert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in Rising Damp as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if his name is Robert, but like, so she was from kind of British TV royalty. Yeah. So like, mm. you know, in Britain she was the daughter of a beloved actor mm. and just like you know just all the awful things that happened to yeah. all the Hollywood and the actresses. same with, with Gwyneth like I mean she was like directly out of Hollywood royalty essentially yeah. mm -hmm. no one was immune yeah I don't judge actors for doing TV movies at all I really like TV movies mm -hmm. and a paycheck is a paycheck and, and a residual actor. is a residual, more importantly. Yes. TV Actually, movies. that's a good point. Yeah. Like, these things will run and run forever, probably. Oh, yeah. There's something very timeless. Like, I was shocked when, who was it? One of you said that this is from recently. This is from last, like, last year. year. Yeah. I would not have believed that. I thought that was from at least 10 it's years ago. they're it timeless. Be, they do look yeah. timeless. It could be yeah. any time from and 1994. It must be so interesting really. dressing those kinds of films because you want everyone to just look unthreatening, Christmassy and eternal. Mm. Like... And and it could be any time. The only the only vaguely modern thing about it is that it's online marketing. But even then, they don't really make many explicit references to. No, they're, they're not on Slack. So just in terms of the plot, we'll oh, sorry. round it up. Oh no, that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. we talk yeah. in a rambling way about. So, and then we come back to the plot. Yeah. Good, good. The plot yeah. is they eventually get the meeting with this guy, and his name is Wins Wilson Phillips. Wilson Taylor. Wilson Taylor. Wilson yeah. Taylor. Wilson Phillips is a band, isn't it? It's an eighties band, yeah. 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 So Wilson Taylor and he's got like an earpiece in. So she's pitching, but he's not listening to her. He's like making an appointment for dinner. And she gets really angry and Lacey flies off the handle and she's like, Well, you're never gonna know what Christmas three six five is. I'm gonna sell it to someone else. Meanwhile, the boss is like, What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And afterwards he's really disappointed with her and he's like, You just lost his our account and wanted to make layoffs. So Lacey's feeling guilty. He's meanwhile reconciling with his family and then Lacey goes back and apologizes and her courage thing has gone away. The wish hasn't. Yes. It? Mm. So she goes back and apologizes. And then meanwhile, your man's gone home having his big work party. And then Lacey comes in and tells him, you know, I got us the contract. And that's kind of where the feminist fable unravels in a way in that, like, you know, she had to subdue herself. Mm -hmm. Even though she still has her courage, I guess. Also, I think Peter but, should have stood up for her more because Wilson yeah. Taylor calls her sweetheart in that meeting and he does nothing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a creep. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's almost that that moment is really crucial and interesting because it's the collapse of like he insists on traveling on them traveling beyond the office to negotiate what is a deal for crucially their office. And she has that sort of um, slippery, benign office manner all the time no matter whether she's in the office or not but then this is the real test of it like sometimes you just have to be a decent human being and not a brash office person so I feel like but that's that's my reading of it like I didn't see it as particularly feminist that she became very good at like working on Christmas day 
So, so really, and like, yeah, he's a bit of an asshat, but like, he's also, he also just wants to have time to himself on Christmas Day or like in the run up to Christmas and that she kind of, you know, she's intruding in the sense. I mean, he, well, he said he didn't want to see them. And actually what he's doing is going off to be with his family, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. So that's a really interesting kind of spanner in the works in itself. Like they are revealed to be two lunatics hell bent upon working on Christmas <laughs> yeah. Day who are fanatically devoted to both Christmas and work. <laughs> he, he owes them nothing. No, he yeah. really owes them nothing at yeah. all. And she has and she has the excuse of this magic curse slash wish that she's being propelled along by that's forcing her to kind of go out and get everything. But really, like she has to just capitulate and be human because it's still humans we're dealing with at the end of the day, even though it's work. So I think that's the sort of lesson there. It's like, you know, you you still have to be decent to people. Yeah. Don't stalk them. <laughs> and she did. Yeah. And it works, ironically. <laughs> this film is quite conflicted. USA. Um, <laughs> USA. USA. Um, I think that pitch might have gone better if she'd worn her snowman earrings because she wore them to the first day. Did you take them off by the film? She wasn't wearing them the second day. She was wearing just like yeah. standard like Newbridge silvery earrings. God damn. That's, I think that's why it didn't go well. Newbridge should do a movie. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Amy Huberman. Yeah, I was going to say Amy Huberman. Yeah. It should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a bland Christmas comedy starring Amy Huberman. Amy Huberman. Amy Huberman. Better um, humble silver mine owner. Who has to find love at Christmas? About a Scrooge, like yeah, yeah. a Scroogey man who lives down a silver mine, never comes out, <laughs> constantly polishing his his silver. Which is, looking which is all the available. Product, yeah, the product placement of them, like slicing the turkey. Yeah, and like using like really sticking that fork in the mouth. Like I'm really excited. Yeah, just a tiny bit of food at the end of the fork, so you can still see the whole fork at all times. Yeah, and, yeah. and a Newbridge candlestick that has a face, a silver yeah. candlestick. With a charming Scottish actor as its face. Someone who was famous maybe 15 years ago. And Nidge yeah. can have a role too. <laughs> he can be Santa Claus. Oh. I'm trying to think of um, actors, Irish actors. Colin Farrell would be great in it, but he's too famous. Mm. I'd love Colin Farrell to do a Christmas movie. A big Colin Farrell fan. <laughs> I love his most recent stuff. Um, My friend gets um, her Christmas nut roast from his parents' health food shop on Georgia Street. Wait, do they run down to earth? Yeah. I'm I shocked sure. so much. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm almost like oh 100% sure it's that one. I was, I've just been thinking like today, actually, I was like, they are the best health food shop in the city. I mean, I love the hop sack as well, but down to earth has everything and they're yeah, so, so She good. orders nut roast before she goes home and gets it there. That's so cool. God, yeah. now I like Colin Farrell all the more. He was great <laughs> in The Beguiled. He's really on form. Like he's, he's, and the Beguiled lobster, had a obviously. bit of snow now, maybe I'd be. There's been a snow fight, just just one snow fight. One snow fight. Yeah, goddamn. Him and Nicole. Have there ever been Hallmark videos, like subject of like The Beguiled, have there been Hallmark films that have bad endings? Do they ever like subvert the template once in a while just to sort of keep no, viewers no. on their Those toes? Those kind of thrillers, Halloween Hallmark, are done they're by, lifetime. They're, yeah, they're lifetime do the thrillers. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, like they do a lot of nasty nannies. and mm. um, So it's still nuclear family, like threat to the nuclear family, nasty nanny. Just that kind of like babies being switched type stuff. Yeah. They do it's a lot every of that. mother's nightmare. Or children with diseases as well. Yeah. A lot of those. They do tragedy. Yeah. Okay. Although Hallmark does have detective films. Oh, very there's good. One, there's a trilogy of like flower shop mysteries where Brooke Shields plays a flower shop owner who solves mysteries. I would watch Which could that. be a podcast series in itself, I think. We're going to watch all those. Excellent. Yeah. Have, excellent human being. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Have you heard about a new series called Mind Hunters? That's just. I watched out. the first two episodes last night. Any good? It's it's okay. It's got all my favorite serial killers. It, in it. follows exactly. Did you watch Masters of Sex? No, I, I meant to it's, actually. It's Masters of Sex, but with serial killers instead of orgasms. Pretty oh, much. interesting. Where they're like the like institutional resistance to the research, mm. then doing it in secret, and then getting the legitimacy, and then that's that exact same path. That sounds really cool. So I will watch it, but I'm not. Blown away by it. I'm so yeah. surprised that they got so much mileage out of Masters of Sex. Because like I read the Wikipedia page of people <laughs> and I was a bit like, I was like, oh, Of right. the real life people. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't even get to like the anti-gay stuff so yeah. far in the season. Like Thanks. two seasons is probably enough of that, I think. Was that when, when shit gets problematic? Yeah, they tried kind of... Try and cure. They oh. kind of see it as a dysfunction that can be researched oh, rather Masters than... Oh, Masters of Sex. Yeah. Why? The 50s. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was classified as, I, I think, a well, criminality I think it was the 70s at that the time they point. got to that part of it, though. It went up to, like, really yeah. late when mm. there were still scientific papers being put out just, like, treating homosexuality as, like, criminal perversion. Mm. So, yeah, or a mental illness and 
all that stuff. So I guess they, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's the duty of Masters of Sex to show things as they really were and to make everyone mm. hate their the heroes they have grown to love. I, I never grew to love them then. No, I've not seen it, <laughs> they so were, I don't know. They're pretty mean. He's they're pretty mean. He's not start. a great person. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So. Let's bring this one home. <laughs> so Hallmark. Even though he has fallen in love and learned the true meaning of Christmas, he's still making his employees work Christmas. Yeah. Which I think shows he hasn't learned that much at mm. all. Mm. And again, his idea of a nice Christmas for them is some turkey and letting them meet his family. And then yeah. to a family a family Christmas that all his employees to have to office. stand around for. Yeah. 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 Um the party organizer, Courtney, is a very suspicious character. The Courtney. The, she you know she's um no, she's um she's the black woman that, that introduces Peter at the party originally. Wearing yes. a blue dress. Okay. She yeah. seems like above him but not above him. And then later, he was not the boss, boss. I don't think, isn't so. he? Though I thought the whole thing was that like he, he was pissed off his dad because he founded his own company, yeah, and oh, that right, they're okay. reliant upon cl- contracts. I with got confused because he used the word like colleague whatever. at one stage. Yeah, and then later, Lacey rings her, and she has this really weird, knowing smile on her face the whole time. But it's just about like where Peter's gone. But she has this. It's like she's like some kind of trickster, like anti-Christmas trickster, like she's battling Santa for Peter's soul or something. Interesting. It's very strange. You should watch it again just for that bit. I don't know if I'll watch it again. <laughs> I, actually, oh, I, I like this one. I will watch it many, many times. And it's because the first one I watched for this podcast, I think I kind of have a special place in it for it in my heart. How does it rank next to the other ones, guys? I would... S- episode I... one, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, yeah. Episode two's um, James Brolin. Not so much. A bit like giving bow and marrow, I imagine. Okay. It's very tiring. I would rate this one second Painful. so far. Yeah, this one's... It's good. It's passable. Yeah. Mm. You know, you'll watch it. I mm. found myself about half an hour in. I was like, "Jesus, there's an there's an hour. That, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> there's an hour left. Like, oh, this is terrible." But then, like, I, I kind of warned to it. It sort of beats you into submission, like into you know accepting its pace and its view of the world, and and mm. like the gratification in these Hallmark films. Kind of, there's no you know, there's never going to be bloodshed or sex or any sort of dramatic payoff. But there will be lots of like vaguely vague hints of of some sort of satisfaction for the viewer arriving that like something will happen something will change and we'll be happy for her yeah yeah that seems like a good summation i think if you'd had a lot of mulled wine and you paired that with that film i'm sure it would seem really entertaining Mm -hmm. yeah there we go so thank you ocean cupboard oh you're very welcome thank you for having me no problem bye everybody bye bye toodles HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.